Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey! Oh, boy. We're back. Uh, we took the last week off because it was the holidays and did a rerun, but now we are back. This is Cinebuds. I'm 889's Justin Barney. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today we are talking about the movie Uncle Frank. Happy birthday, Daddy Mac. Well, that one's wrapped up so nice it must be from Frank. Electric shoe polisher. Next. I never knew why Daddy Mac was so mean to Uncle Frank. He was the kind of person I wanted to be. Smart and funny. Uncle Frank is a new movie. You might have seen it if you were on Amazon Prime because it's like a top thing and it was just released on Amazon Prime. So we decided to watch it. Uncle Frank is about an uncle named Frank. That's it. In the that's it. Beginning, middle, end. Yeah. Uh, In the in the 1970s. And he is uh, in the South in the 1970s. He's gay and he. struggles bringing that up to his parents and family um christopher what did you think of uncle frank well interestingly we talked about this just now about how you and i watched this film at very different times in very different moods yeah, yeah. so i watched this movie on thanksgiving uh mm. after eating a delicious meal Mm. And uh, I loved it. Me and my girlfriend, we both watched it. We both really, really got into it. I definitely uh, wept and tried not to let her see, but she did see. And she accused (laughs) me of crying, and I told her she was crazy. (laughs) And I saw it uh, after I came home from work and had to do a bunch of other stuff and I turned it on and I felt like for a lot of it I was like okay I know what's gonna happen yeah. and it was like I knew it was gonna happen I'm watching it at home there's a lot of times where I w- was scrolling and I oh, feel like that yeah. I feel like this is a thing in the pandemic you know that is a real struggle for movies. And yeah. I felt like when I was watching it, I was like, I wish I was in a theater so I wouldn't be texting my friends. Yeah, so you can focus, yeah. Yeah, because it is like, it, it's it's a movie that has a, a, a big dramatic arc and I felt like I knew where this arc was going so I felt like it wasn't that important to like keep up with every point yeah. because I had a sense of like what it was going to do. But then like when the emotional parts hit, they hit and I, w- and I was like, Oh, I felt yeah. that. Oh, but I would have been, I would have felt more if I was like as locked in. Right. But I do feel like that was a part of the script too. I feel like I could have been drawn in more. Yeah. It's an unfair burden on the film to pull you away from your phone. <laughs> it is. And that's what a theater does, you yeah, know? That's true. Like the theater is you know takes that burden away. You are you are right though, Christopher. Yeah. But I say ultimately I enjoyed it and you probably would have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I liked it. I didn't love it. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. It, it, it's it wasn't at, in like my, the top ten movies that I watched this year, but it was. It wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't like, oh, I was upset about watching. I was glad that I watched. It. I will say, I have to review my list, but I don't have a lot of fiction films I like this year, and this might be one of the ones I like the most. So, but I'll tell you why. And I had some problems, but we can talk about that. And we will talk about it right after the break. 
Maybe you can't get comfy pajamas for your whole block or bake cookies for the entire neighborhood, but you can give the community a gift this holiday season. When you donate to Radio Milwaukee, you provide connection, culture, and important local resources for thousands of listeners. You can bring neighbors closer through music and stories with a gift today. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to give. This year, film lovers with select smart TV devices can experience Milwaukee Film Festival October 15th through October 29th by watching on their home televisions. Info about Associated Bank's Milwaukee Film Checking at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. And we're back. Okay, Uncle Frank. Yeah. Uh, directed by Alan Ball. Right. This is only his second uh, feature-length movie. He uh, he he directed Towelhead in 2007. So yeah. hasn't hasn't directed a movie in 13 years. Yeah, and most uh, notably, he wrote American Beauty, and I think he won an Oscar for it. And this had a this had kind of, and he wrote this one too. This kind of had that like a few couple different story, a couple different characters kind of going on, a whole family had a little bit of that and not as, not as dark as American beauty, but I can see how they came from the same person. Was this, do you, was this like any movie that's released in December? I'm like, okay, well this, this is a, this was released for, for the Oscars. Yeah. And it felt like that. I think it, it felt like here's a big family drama. Yeah. You know, it's got, uh, a crisis of identity that felt dramatic and uh, Oscar Beatty in some kind of ways. Yeah. Do, was this? A, do you know? Was this a movie that was? You you think if this was a normal year, it'd be this is a contender. I think if this was a normal year, it would not be a contender. Uh, only because I bet I, I assume there would be bigger ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it is a different year, I wouldn't be surprised, especially for Paul Bettany. Um, I thought his performance was really good. And I like I like Paul Bettany uh, when he's in a role like this. Like he played Vision in uh, <laughs> Marvel's, in the Marvel comic book films. I oh. feel like, and he's got a few of these like just like uh, bit roles here and there. But when uh-huh. you can, when you give him like a character like this, I, I genuinely... I think he shines. He was great. He he was. Yeah. I think in my eyes, he was really the the best one. There was some there was some scenes in this where the acting I feel like was pretty bad. Do you but really? There was a couple scenes where there was like one where she she is asking her like uh, Uncle Frank drives off in a car yeah. and uh, um she like asked she's like I I need the car it's an emergency. And they, he like stops and is like, "What kind of emergency?" And it was just, I was like, "You should have filmed that again. That was they were just off." Really? See, that's yeah. interesting because I love the cast of this, and I was like really into the performances. And that was Steve Zahn, uh, I think, in that scene that you're talking about, plays yeah. her, plays Sophia Lilly's dad. Yeah, I was like, he's better than that. Oh, see, and she think, was better than that. I found I, it, it to be a fun off. comic moment because Steve Zahn doesn't. It's not a. I mean, there's funny parts in it, and Steve Zahn is like this sweet character. I, I'll be honest with you, half of the reason I watched this movie is because Steve Zahn is in it, and I haven't seen yeah, him yeah. in a long time. Yeah, I know, same, yeah. And boy, he only had a little bit in it, 
but he did such a good job. That moment in particular, I thought was just like a kind of a funny, like, I'm trying to be a dad, but I'm just going to give into my, my headstrong daughter kind of a moment. Yeah, I, I thought it was written well. Yeah. I thought it was acted poorly. Really? That's interesting. I, I was on the other side of that. But while we're talking about Steve Zahn, I just yeah. want to say he had two glorious moments in this movie. One, uh, so one of the big plot points of this film is that uh, Uncle Frank has moved away from his the South. He's living in New York. A lot more open. He he has a lover there, uh, a boyfriend, and a whole bunch of friends. They're very open minded, as opposed to his very conservative Southern family. Yeah, here's the this is this is the you know the crux of the entire movie exactly. is that like he is the main character. Actually, the the like kind of like the true main character is Sophia Lillis, and uh, she is a 14 year old girl, and this Uncle Frank. She looks up to. Yeah, it's sort of through her eyes, sort of. Yeah. He's intelligent and kind and kind of like all all these things that are good. And she can't really understand why her family just doesn't like him. Right. She's very inspired by him because he tells her to be herself and that things that she likes aren't awful. And he's her special uncle. It really helps her out. And you find out that, that the reason that they don't like him is because he's gay. Yeah. The, that's the that's the central conflict. And some of them don't even know he's gay. They just know he's not he doesn't have their same values. He lives elsewhere. Right. You see through her eyes and she's a little naive but she wants to break out. And but Steve Zahn has this moment. Oh, and then so the the dad uh passes away and he's a very stern southern uh uptight dad, dad yeah. And the dad passes away, he has to go back for the funeral. Is the is the kind of the gist of the film and at the casket, Steve Zahn comes up to him, uh, to Uncle Frank, and kind of talks about how much he loved his dad and how he came. He they had so much in common, and he 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 went out of his way to have lunch with him, you know, every day and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like you could it breaks your heart because Steve Zahn, first of all, is such a sweet <laughs> sweet face, and mm-hmm. he always plays these sweet funny characters. And to see him in this kind of emotional scene. Really, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely adored him. And then he has these little funny moments later, and then a really wonderful one. Once it comes out to the family that that Frank is gay, and you think, oh, Steve, Steve Zahn's character is so much like the dad, he's going to be really yeah, angry. And, yeah. yeah. And you know, I don't want to give too much away about it, but the moment he has when he faces Frank is just – it's just such a relief and mm. such a delightful surprise that, uh, oh man, that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. But there was really, I felt like nothing surprised me in this movie. This The movie followed the exact path that you would think that it would go. And that I feel like that was, that was the central thing that I felt didn't take it to the next level or put it to the next echelon sure. was that just like right from the beginning, it just hit every beat that you thought it would hit there. There was really, for me, there, there was no surprises. It hit those beats. Well, I yeah. think, I think it hit nearly everything. Well, I feel like mostly is pretty well acted. I, I like, I liked um, the scenes hit me when they should hit me, but there was not a single thing that surprised me in this movie. Well, that's interesting. I don't, I don't totally disagree with that at all. Um, I would say it's not as predictable 
it doesn't seem to me as predictable as it did to you. But then again, maybe I'm just naive. I think I <laughs> there was like moments in the script that I liked, like the his history and how it affected when he was a kid and how it affected his relationship now, especially towards the end when you see him go to the graveyard and all that. And there's some really emotional scenes. You're right. Not nothing, nothing totally shocking or surprising. I will say that I don't, I don't mind that all the time. Like we, we talked about it. I don't mind that all the time too. And I was thinking that when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, this isn't like surprising. And I was like, it's, it's not, if every movie's role was to constantly yeah, you be can't, surprising, that would suck. It would fail all the time. Like we right. talked about another film, Brittany Runs a Marathon, like last year, where yeah, yeah, yeah. very formulaic, but they did it really well. And this is kind of the similar. I don't know what I really call this. I mean, I guess it is moderately formulaic, but they did it well. Like all the beats that you know they're going to hit, they did really well. Some were surprising in the sense that the characters are fun and surprising or or they make a change. You know, you know, a character is going to make a change or breakthrough. That's going to happen. That doesn't bother me here. The thing that I, and I didn't think about this in the moment, I should say, I thought about this afterwards, but afterwards I did think like, I'm a, I am very unfortunately a straight man. And, <laughs> and so I don't know. I'm not going to have the same perspective that a gay viewer is going to watch this film. But I did right. later on think, well, this is a very unrealistic outcome for this movie. Uh, I mean, obviously this can happen, the outcome of this film, but yeah. it, there's a lot of uh, unusually open minds in a family that begins extremely close-minded. Mm-hmm. Like it almost seemed like the patriarch of the family is the only one that was keeping this family from their own actual opinions about people and how people should live their lives. And once Mm -hmm. that was gone, everyone was like hearts open in a culture that is traditionally not, especially when you see the family at the beginning, there's just, I mean, there's certain parts of the family, like, okay, they'd be cool with it. They'd be cool with it. They definitely would. (laughs) And then, uh, and then you see like almost not everybody, but almost everybody is just like, yeah, we love it's, it was just him. That seemed Mm -hmm inaccurate i am i am from what people refer to as the south but is actually the midwest but it might as well be the <laughs> south. it might as well be the south uh, uh and you know experiencing some of that firsthand uh without being gay myself just watching people's reactions i'm like yeah some of it's just ingrained so it's more it's definitely a feel-good film not necessarily going to be a gritty portrait of a, a realistic situation but man, it I it did make me feel good, and I don't know if that's okay. But <laughs> it did make me feel good. I did love the characters, I love the performances, and I did get an emotional charge from it. Yeah, um, even if it's unrealistic, if it gets people to be like to kind of reconsider, maybe a, a prejudice. I, I, I'm not going to put that much. Uh, credit to this film to do something like mm-hmm. that but mm-hmm. i mean the more the merrier i had like an emotional connection too because my uh my uncle like went through the same thing oh in, yeah like around the same time and so i think oh, even yeah. like his partner looks like the same as frank's partner in oh this, wow <laughs> which was like oh, wow. really funny and yeah. uh, and it was like there was just like so many like similarities it was like uncanny i was like this is my uncle's story you know yeah, right. um I think that most people like know someone like this or, you know, or, or have it. So I felt like it was powerful to 
Uh, and I, there was a part of me that was like, well, this is a pretty, you know, standard story, but um, it is good to see that. Yeah. To see all the aspects of it. It, it, it was emotional. It did, it did hit me in the, in, in ways that it was intended. And I think it was pretty effective at that. Yeah. I'm interested and I haven't looked much yet, uh, but I'm interested to look into finding uh, like gay critics looking at this film and see mm-hmm. from that perspective what the take is. Uh, Cause there's definitely something I could, I would have missed um, without having that experience, but it'd be really interesting because it's kind of, I always worry it's kind of one of those white savior films where you get the white savior film and white people look at it and go, Oh, isn't that nice? Everyone's getting along so great. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh wait, there's That's a lot so more funny. to, there's a lot more to this. And while I may have yeah. been awakened to that, I don't know that I'm having the same experience with a film uh, about LGBTQ uh, subjects. So I'm really interested to read more about it and see what the, what an alternative take on it would be. Uncle Frank on Amazon right now, streaming, Go watch it. Yeah, tell us what you think. Okay, okay, Polly. I'm, I'm ready excited for this. to talk about. I'm ready. For I'm this. ready yeah. for this too. Oh, this we, we, we've had there's a you know there's gas in the tank now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've had a week off. So, yeah. Christopher. Yeah. What else have you been watching? What else haven't I been watching? Man, <laughs> oh, God. I watched so many movies in the last week or so, and. Some just lovely discoveries. <laughs> I'm going to talk about three, but I'm going to just t- focus on two real fast. Okay. Um, I have never seen Matilda before. Oh my lord! What? Yeah, the Roald Doll adaptation of Matilda with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Wow, I'm so jealous that you got to watch it for the oh, first time. Oh, you should be, because I, I was. <laughs> just giggling and the first 20 minutes of that movie is i would just watch that over and over again it's kind of like dead poet society where you should just watch the inspiring part and then stop before all the kids kill themselves <laughs> yeah matilda is <laughs> if you stop after 20 minutes it's just a short film about a girl who loves the library <laughs> right i was in, she was carrying books all these classic books in a wagon to her house and i genuinely got goosebumps <laughs> yeah i was just so excited about this adorable little kid loving books but yeah then you get into it i man i really like that movie oh i mean that's yeah. another great role yes. doll uh adaptation there's some really good ones but yeah loved it wow that's a great one okay and what's the other one the other one is um on h i think it's on hbo uh there's a book I love called Between the World and Me by Ta-Nisi Coates it yes. came out a couple years ago. It's one of the most Great. beautiful books ever read. It's the, it's, it's the only book that I've ever read where – I like. Usually it's funny. We're doing a podcast where we're like pushing – or yeah. things on people, but yeah. like reading, I'm like, I'm never like, oh, I feel like other people should read this. I'm like, you can read whatever you want to read. That was the only book where I was like. I think they should teach this in schools. Yeah, oh, for <laughs> sure. Know? I was like, every kid should read this. I, I think that's incredibly likely as well because it's. I think this is going to be a standout of this era. Genuinely, yeah, that book. for sure. They did, and they not only that. <laughs> here's a good sign. They already adapted it into a, th- uh, a play, a stage yes. production, and now they've adapted the stage production into a film. Yeah, 
And I watched it. I had, I literally had to stop it halfway through because I was like, I'm going to cry uncontrollably. So I'm going to really? stop. I'm so glad that you watched it because oh. I felt like it could, I, I felt like it could go either way. I yeah. remember there was a, did you watch the Apollo last year at, yeah. Um, yeah. So the Apollo, they mentioned that they were like working on the stage production. Right, it. right, right. And uh, and that was cool. Like a Milwaukee film, like this film at the Milwaukee film talking about the Apollo mentioned the stage <laughs> production. And then like this year they made moving, it. It was like, yeah. I was like following it the whole way. Right. And even for that, I was like, the book is so powerful. And like those words are so powerful, like a dramatic reading of these words. It's so, it's so personal. Yeah. You know, that I was, it's from a father to a son. Yeah. I was like, this could go wrong if it's like blown up and, and overdramatic. It wasn't. No, they did it. I mean, I don't know what the stage production is like, but they did it in such an artistic and creative way that Mm. it's not like, it's not like any documentary or fiction film that you've seen. It's, I mean, it's, it's simpler. It's, they get the best actors, like incredible actors from different generations. Just, it's like a, uh, you know what it is? It's like the most amazing amazingly produced audiobook you've ever you've ever read except right. visual as well they get all these actors to just look at the screen and read from his book i mean not read but they just they do monologues from his book while at the same time you get information about the time period there's incredible visual elements from like high level artists uh amazing paintings you see you see a, a different artist uh making like the camera just watches them do these drawings that illustrate what's happening in, you know, in uh, fast motion. And it, they use all these different elements, photographs, information, but it's mu- the bulk of it is just these actors, including Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah, Milwaukee's no Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Milwaukee, I always forget Milwaukee. that. I always forget that Oprah is from Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I do too. Cause she's so associated with Chicago, but she's yeah. in there. Uh, you've got Courtney B. Vance. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Mahershala Ali. There's all these people giving amazing re-readings from the book and crying and acting and not really acting out. Anyway. That's amazing. Uh, it's a stunning. I gave it. It's like five yeah, I'm so, stars. I'm so glad that someone I know and trust watched it. Oh, because boy. I was wondering. No, it's so beautiful um, and really well done. It's very simple. Uh, on, uh, gen- generally, I think the, the idea is very simple and yet executed expertly. So that one, I highly recommend that movie. I highly recommend. I think we both do that book too. Oh, absolutely. But perfect for the time, but uh, yeah, definitely a modern classic. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Ooh, got really excited. What else have you been watching? Um, I have, I have watched a whole bunch of stuff and I was like, for, I watched a, like a bunch of really good, I watched the producers for the first time, oh, the new one. Oh, the new one. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I, I just watched like a bunch of really good stuff and I was like, oh man, I want to talk about everything. But I was like, no, there's one thing that I have to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And that thing is flavorful origins on okay. Netflix. Hey, flavorful. Have origin. you watched flavorful origins? I have it. It almost sounds like you're making up a thing. Okay, I am not. It is this series on Netflix that follows hyper-specific regional rural cuisine of China. I'm in. I'm in 100%. It start like, the first season, I think, was like three years ago. It's like, it's on its third season now. And I watched it, and I was like, 
is this Chinese propaganda? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like the, every episode is like 12 minutes long. Yeah. And it, and it's every episode is 12 minutes long. It is like, starts with like this sunny shot of a region in China. And it, ends with like saying something nice about people of China and like like pulling back and the reads are so dry yeah. and the writing is so matter of fact that it just feels like it's at at times in those the first couple episodes it just felt like a like a tour like a pamphlet that you get to be like go visit China look at these wonderful things right. and kind of like as it was going and like the third season came out this week and i was like oh yeah flavorful origins like i'm on board mainline this because now it, like watching it one it's beautifully shot oh, and sure. i don't know how they find these people i don't know what they do but it's like here is this rural area in a in, in, in like a state of China that I have never heard of here is one person who gets up and it's like and now uh he will prepare the meat for next year and oh, right, every right. dish takes like a year to make because there's so much like so much of it is fermentation based and there's so much patience in these dishes there was one dish that they made where she started fermenting this meat and it was like and now the secret ingredient and she they show her like going to her cabinet and she brings out a jar of beans that have been fermenting for five months. And she adds the five month um, fermented beans to this for this meat that she's going to ferment for a year. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and then at the end they show him like eating it. And it's like one meal. And I was like 17 months of preparation. Top ramen takes 30 seconds. (laughs) I know. I know. And it's like these flavors and these dishes are, they're like, they're literally unimaginable. Yeah. It's like, what does, what does an eggplant that has been fermented for six months taste like? Right. I, 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 I cannot imagine it. And that's like every single dish are these just like absolutely wild cuisines prepared in ways that have been perfected over hundreds of years. Yeah. I'm like, why, why isn't like every restaurant in the world going to this guy in China for this, uh, this ham that he has been dry aging for a year. Cause they got to wait three years for his it. entire life. I know yeah. it's wild. It's such, it's I, so yeah. interesting. I totally share your passion for these kinds of things because I, I, I don't know if it, just popped up because of quarantine and everything and everybody's trying to learn how to cook and all this other stuff. Yeah. But I, which is exactly what I've been doing and trying to learn to cook. And I'm Same. obsessed with cooking shows, not shows where they're in a kitchen and they show Me you how, here's too. how you make a chicken. It's where they go all their travel shows. Essentially you yeah. go all over the world, sample these yes. cuisines, talk about how things are made that salt, fat, Acid, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, in that, I always forget the name of it. But yeah. in that one, they show how soy sauce is made, and it's these huge, these like wooden structures where you're walking on top yes. of these vats. And again, yeah, same thing. This unbelievably long process to get the like the most perfect so- soy sauce or or soybeans. 
Um, Flavorful Origins is like that, but yeah. like every episode. Right, there right. Was one, there was like one that I watched yesterday that was like the ingredient, the, like the dish that they were showing. It was like the blood of... It was like some kind of like animal that they had. The process is like you you kill the animal and then it goes like over a grill for like two hours and they like pool the blood and it like becomes kind of gelatinous and that's what they use for other dishes. Yeah. And it's like and that is like the secret ingredient is this like gelatinous blood that was like made over two hours. It, it is just. Every single thing is just your mind just folds in on each other. Yeah. On like how this is, it's incredible. Flavorful origins. Flavorful origins. And here's what I want next, Netflix. I want a comedy show that spoofs these shows so badly because I can, because there's just so much fodder. Because the things we're describing sound ridiculous. Like yeah. I want someone to say, first thing you have to do is bury a horse standing Would up. Would be easy. Would be. And you got to do that for seven years until the head pokes out of the uh, of the ground. It's like I need. Uh, there's so much rife material for these that I would love that. Yeah. 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 We talked about the trip movies, which uh, like a good third of the reason I like those movies is all the restaurants they go to. And I can't stop talking about somebody feed Phil, which is one of these shows where somebody goes to all these amazing locations and is, is delightful to people and watches these amazing pieces of food being made. But now flavorful origins I need to put to my list. Yeah. And I also watched eater's guide, which is a new show on Hulu that is narrated by Maya Rudolph. Oh yeah. And that was really good too. And it's like, it's also really interesting because Maya Rudolph hosts it, but she doesn't like go to these places right? and they find, they like find locals in and like, you know, they did like an episode about Morocco and they had like a Moroccan skateboarder and uh, these guys in this Moroccan metal band and a like a, an actress and all of these like interesting people that are like from the area. And it's not just like, you know, someone goes into this area and then yeah. uh, tells you about their experience. It's like from the people that live there, which is like yeah. real interesting to you. This so, is like a heyday for food if, travel for shows. Real. Yeah. It is. And I, I love them because it is like traveling and eating foods that you can't. It's a it's a good escape. Man, we have a lot of recommendations for you this week. We do. And also at the end here, um, I wanted to plug we both like love graphic novels and yeah. Lion's Tooth is Oh yes. Is putting in a so can you can you describe Lion's Tooth? Lion's Tooth is uh they're creating a brick and mortar store. It's going to be like, uh, it's graphic novels, alternative art books, zines, things like that. From what I understand, um, it most in my heart resembles Quimby's, which is one of my favorite yeah. bookstores in the world, which in is in Chicago. Chicago. And Milwaukee does not have anything like this currently. We do and not. I'm so excited for it. So am I. And I always, it's like one of my favorite things to look at, like when I travel somewhere is like, where do they have their like weirdo graphic novel shop? Like I'm going to yeah. go into like Grand Haven, Michigan. And like they had one, like Chicago's got Quimby's, uh, Minnesota, like Twin Cities used to have big brain, but like, yeah. like there's a bunch of places that have these like weirdo comic book graphic novel shops. Yeah. And we, we do not. And Lion's Tooth is building one in Bayview on KK. And I was yeah. like, we just... I need to do whatever I can and whatever we can to like 
get people who love weirdo art to support weirdo art. So for sure. I think currently, I don't know if they're still doing it, but I know they have a subscription service you can get right now. I got a one, I got a one-time package where they just curate something for you and and give you a, a, a cool selection of stuff. Um, I don't, I mean, this is, and just to be clear, and again, I, I hope I'm right about this. I, I, be, I believe I am. Uh, this isn't like a X-Men Marvel comic book shop. This We have those. This we is like those. an art book, graphic novel, interesting mm-hmm. stories, like really, it's like a next level kind of shop, like the bookstore. Uh, right. So I'm... Yeah, this is the kind of thing where if I go to a city, I scope, I try to find if they have one of these there. So yeah. I'm so delighted that Milwaukee's getting one and it couldn't be run by better people. Me too. And so I wanted to shout that out. And uh, and K Poly Shop, K Poly on Etsy. Oh, uh, he's he? a wonderful Milwaukee artist. Mm, if you haven't handsome. seen, he's, sometimes he does, he does, uh, you know, he does things about movies which he likes a lot music um, his music he's got some um some literature on there as well all these like great drawings i bought one gave it to my brother this weekend it was it was great so he's Kate handsome Holly. he's handsome a lot of people don't know that but uh and some will <laughs> say quite the opposite and then they're and then they find out they're wrong <laughs> what is the how do you find that uh, first of all, thank you uh, for bringing it up. But it's on Etsy. It's uh, etsy.com slash shop slash kpoly. So do that too. Okay, this is Cinnabuds. And Cinnabuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. He's the best. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. The Newsk. We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. Oh, License Lab. We also get support from Associated Bank. That's a bank that has money that they keep it for people for when they need it. I think I understand banks. <laughs> that, that's, that's a great explanation. I think, I think that's how banks work. Um, also, our banks for our organizations are members. Yay! Thank you, members of 89 Marine Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Uh, we could not do this without you. Nor would and we want to. Nor would we want to. And thank you. There's this great artist, Kay Polly. Oh, I will tell him thank you for you. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye.